0: So um, to dive right in, uh, DaVinci X won FDA clearance and CE mark approval earlier this year. And I was hoping you could walk us through some of its features, especially anything that's new to the DaVinci line.
1: Yeah, so the the way to think about the product line is really the the right system for the right type of surgical practice. Um, So we have our uh, third generation product, our DaVinci si we have our fourth generation project product which is the xi and sitting in between them is x and uh so what x does is bring uh most of the technology innovation that was in the xi into a more compact package at a at a lower entry price while retaining the ecosystem benefits of the of the full line product which means that it has the most uh, up-to-date robotic arms, it has the most up-to-date imaging system, 3D HD plus fluorescence imaging. Uh, it has longer reach and in terms of instrumentation, so we can it can access a bigger part of the patient population. Um, uh, it has access to our latest advanced instrumentation, things like um, computer controlled stapling that has tissue measurement capabilities and advanced energy and so on. So uh, it, it's kind of a fill out uh, the platform idea and the response to it has been really, really good. Uh, I, I think the idea that uh, one size fits all is, is uh, not so. And, and our customers like looking at what kinds of uh, surgical practices do they expect to use robotics in and then tr- choosing where they are in the line. And the nice thing is they get a chance to uh,
0: move up or, or change that, that uh, entry point as their needs change. When is it slated to hit the U.S. market?
1: Uh, already is five ten 510 cleared. So uh, there are uh, uh, systems in, in
0: process here. Oh, great. Okay. And so with future sort of product iterations, will you look to target that sort of mid-level value market?
1: You know, I, I think um, what we think about in terms of value is a total cost to treat per patient episode. And uh, there there's, there are folks in the world who, who think of value purely in the basis of price, technology price. And I think it's a, a false trade-off. So we look out and say, okay, um, what, what is the likely outcome uh, change in the hands of well-trained surgeons? Uh, what's the cost of, of implementing that kind of a program all in from the robots to the instrumentation to the to the service costs? And, and then what are the net benefits? Uh, that, that's really where the value creation is. Uh, X does that very well. For the right accounts, Xi does it very well. Uh, in the future, I think there are other uh, types of technologies, and uh, you know, our our Da Vinci single site uh, instrumentation is is at a really low uh, price point and create can create a lot of value in in a certain kind of procedure base. So it really is a procedure by procedure assessment.
0: So Intuitive has enjoyed a long run as basically the main player in robot-assisted surgery. But there are a clutch of up-and-comers that are preparing to snap at your heels. How are you planning to hold on to your lead?
1: You know what, I've, I've been I've
0: been at it for a little while now. So I, I started doing this in 1993
1: uh, up at SRI uh, with a team that was already in, in process at that time. And from now, integrating all the way from that time in 93 till now, uh, I, I can think of off the top of my head about 25 Ah, robotic surgery organizations that have taken a hard run at it, um, and and been serious, and uh, most of them uh, have not become a standard of care. Uh, and that's not to say there aren't great ideas and great people out there. There are both. What what it means is that it's a it's a sophisticated uh, set of products and services to deliver. And uh, so I I respect the teams that are that are working on it, but I also respect how much uh, effort it is. So what does that mean? I, I think for us, uh, we start with looking at where where can we make a difference in outcomes. Uh, we're really both scientific and focused on that point. So we we stare at uh, the clinical data in existing technique. We look at the toolkit of available technologies from mechanics to material science to molecules uh, to computational capability, and ask, can we do something that will make a substantial change in outcomes? Not a uh, a few percent uh, improvement but a substantial improvement and if we can do that uh, then we all make that set of investments and we're, we're careful and thoughtful about where we invest um, many of the competitors you know I think it's interesting if you if you read uh, kind of the pitch decks of a lot of these folks uh, they're really similar sometimes kind of amusingly so in terms of what the vision is for the future and I guess what I tell you here is I think all of us can describe that we want to cross this fast-flowing river uh, to get to the other side, to get to the other bank in healthcare. I think the vision is quite easy to describe and, and is generally well accepted. What's really hard is figuring out what are the stepping stones to get across and having the organizational capability to deliver each of those stepping stones. Each stone needs to create some value for the customer and be operationally effective for the company. And I think intuitive is good at that. So uh, you know we see some uh, small players who are doing interesting things. We see the big players that have entered, I think, mostly from a defensive posture. Um, they have looked at us in in years past and not been very uh, excited about it. And I think really it's their customers who have come back to them and said, uh, the future is going to carry you this way. You better get engaged. and And so now they're getting engaged. Um, it's It's our DNA. Uh, we We think about it twenty four seven. It is all we do, and I I think that uh, sets us apart.
0: So without naming names, uh, some of these up-and-comers are developing systems that feature haptics and uh, I guess a way to describe it as sort of eye-sensing control of the 3D display. Is Intuitive planning to incorporate any of those technologies into its platform?
1: Uh, uh, You know, it's interesting. On the haptic side, Uh, I have uh, been close to haptics since the very earliest days at SRI. In fact, I was an engineer on some of the haptic systems we had there. Um, At that time, we had haptics back in those labs, this is in the 90s, that uh, could feel the breath of somebody blowing on the end of the instrument. The, The physics and the mathematics behind creating haptic systems have been well understood for a long time. The the issue has not been that. The issue has been, can you deliver haptics in an economically sensible way that really matter, that that change the outcomes? Uh, Intuitive, I think, has, uh, from what I have seen, the most sophisticated understanding of haptics uh, and and ability to deliver uh, real technologies here. So to the extent that we can deliver a haptic system that is going to change outcomes and be economically effective, uh, we're interested. I don't think anybody has a deeper insight uh, that I've seen than, than we. I've seen some haptic systems advertised and some fu- some things out in the labs. Um, there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And, and uh, the short answer to this is uh, you really wanna sense forces inside the body, not from the outside. If you put a force sensor at the backside of a laparoscopic instrument on the outside of the body, uh, you're not getting much information. So you're doing a lot of work, but you're seeing a lot of parasitic forces, forces the surgeon doesn't really care about. Uh, so I think that's, that's, that's not a very impressive uh, and uh, important step. Uh, eye tracking is something we've known pretty well, and I guess the question there is uh, does, it, does it do something that changes outcomes or enhances the speed of the case? Uh, we like the way uh, the endoscope is controlled in our systems. Um, I think uh, there are some interesting new UI con- user interface concepts that are uh, likely to happen in the world. I don't think that one is outcome determinant.
0: Are there other technologies in your pipeline that you can share with us? For example, uh, you know, do you have any eye toward uh, AI or machine learning?
1: Sure. So uh, the the five things that the five categories we invest in, we uh, we invest roughly ten percent of our revenues in in R and D, and and uh, we're serious about it. We we do that because I think we're in the early innings of robotics and automation and and healthcare. And so uh, we think it's worth the investment. They go into five big categories. And those five categories are chosen by looking at uh, what will change outcomes, efficiency, or predictability. That's that's the criteria the measure for whether this is going to matter. One big one is in imaging. Uh, You've heard us talk about that before. We we, uh, started thinking that we would buy 3D endoscopes. We wound up having to develop our own 3D systems uh, to get the kind of performance we wanted. Uh, we went from 3D to 3D HD to now fluorescence uh, enabled uh, with molecular contrast agent 3D HD. Uh, I think we lead the industry in that regard. Um, we continue to invest in showing surgeons things they can't see with their naked eye. So you worry about things like positive surgical margins or protecting nerves or not making a ureter or finding tumor boundaries. These things are outcome determinant and we have a significant effort and Interest and progress in uh, a pipeline of products on imaging. So that's one The next one is some of the things you just referenced, which is the use of computational uh, uh, capabilities and augmented uh, Surgeon performance during the case itself Uh, We are uh, have been doing that for years and continue to do so we've been the Internet of Things in a robotic surgery for uh, just about the last decade. Uh, 90% of our systems are real-time connected to the internet, uh, and we uh, gather data and, and derive insights from that. Already today in our XI platform, there are shared control handshakes between computational control of uh, the surgery and the surgeon guiding that surgery. And an example is our uh, DaVinci staplers. They, do a measurement of how much tissue is between the jaws of a stapler. Uh, before the, the uh, stapler is fired, they feed back information to the surgeon as to whether uh, the right amount of pressure is involved in the staple. Uh, the surgeon then okays the firing of the staple or re-grips and then the computer fires it. So it's a very sophisticated and I think very well done dance of exchanged control between the, the system and the surgeon. Um, and that's all pointed toward higher consistency of staple lines. And the data we've seen thus far is indeed, indeed true. We get uh, better staple line performance for the introduction of that feature. And our larger competitors have now followed that uh, that set of feature content. Uh, we think it matters. Uh, there are other kinds of things that are happening today in DaVinci Systems where we're doing machine vision that allows us to see where the tools are and inform the surgeon of uh, things they may care about. So the computer's looking at the surgery and the surgeon's looking at the surgery. And the computer is advising the surgeon as to uh, what it sees versus what they see. So in that sense, uh, a machine learning from a, a machine vision point of view. The um, DaVinci system has about seven laptops worth of interconnected real-time computation and about 50 iPhones worth of distributed processing and, and uh, you know give or take about 100 sensors. So there's a lot of sensor and, and uh, computational capability we can bring to bear. We're just at the beginning of that set. So as I think about it, you think about big data, then you think about machine learning and ultimately AI. Uh, big data and machine learning are already in DaVinci and have been for years. Uh, as computational um, capabilities increase and as cloud-based services increase, then I think you'll see more uh, interlinked uh, machine learning as it, as it goes forward. So that's bucket two. Uh, bucket three is getting in and out of the body with less damage to healthy tissue, and you've probably seen our uh, S. Da Vinci SP system. That's a very high-capability system that delivers three fully articulating uh, surgeon-controlled robotic instruments through a single two and a half millimeter port, along with a 3D HD fluorescence image-capable endoscope that can articulate. Um, at its distal endpoint. So a really powerful technology combination that I think will make a difference in uh, uh, confined surgical spaces. So throat surgery, uh, trans, uh, anal approaches to rectal cancers, transvaginal approaches to gynecologic issues, ext- extraperitoneal approaches to the kidney, and, and so on. And then recently we've had on our uh, website uh, some of the technologies we're working on in flexible uh, technologies And this one, it's a computer controlled navigation enabled catheter that uh, allows us to explore the lung at, at very deep uh, locations and, and do biopsies and help interventional pulmonologists and thoracic surgeons. So that's been bucket three, which is better access. Um, bucket four is uh, offline big data um, analytics uh, for use by our customers. And we've been doing that um, on a routine basis for the last three years allowing them to do global benchmarking uh, assessments of multiple hospitals within a single hospital group uh, and and uh, surgeon population assessment as to their experience in robotic surgery. So we're already there. And the last bucket has been learning technologies, and that has been surgical simulation, benchmarking, and surgeon performance. We're kind of an app store for surgical simulation companies. They sell through us, uh, as well as remote proctoring and online learning. And uh, that sort of technology has been coming along. So that was a long answer, but uh, five serious buckets that it, that we've been pursuing.
0: How important was the clearance for treating inguinal hernia for intuitive?
1: You know, I, I think that um, the, the structure of uh, regulatory approvals has kind of a, a broad clearance followed by more specific uh, claim language as the data grows. And so uh Uh, Inguinal hernia has been a positive surprise for the company. Uh, Some folks in the company had seen that value proposition from a long ways out, and and others, you know, candidly, when we're sitting around the the executive meetings talking, uh, we're we're not so sure. Uh, And really, it's surgeons that have led us. So uh, surgeons saw that as a high-value procedure for their patients and, and the ability for them to offer good results quickly. And they really led us down that space, and it's been a positive surprise. As, as you know, uh, in, in healthcare, populations matter and patient populations matter. So uh, inguinal hernia, there's, there's a variety of patients there and a variety of surgical techniques. Uh, I think we add value to uh, some of that pa- patient population, perhaps not all of it, and that's, and that's typical. So more complex, uh, advanced hernias, um, bilateral hernias, uh, is where our, our customers have really seen a lot of uptake and a lot of value. And that makes sense to us. We're good listeners when it comes to that.
0: Are there additional surgical areas or even disciplines you'd you'd like to look at? For example, would, would you ever look at entering orthopedics?
1: You know, I, I think that, uh, as you know, already there are uh, several companies that are making progress in uh, robotics as applied to orthopedics. I, my, my own sense is that if you look from the bottom of your feet to the top of your head, uh, Robotics uh, and computational uh, uh, enhancement or assistance is going to, over the next uh, decade, uh, make a positive difference in in a huge number of procedures. I I think there's a lot that can be done. And Intuitive will participate in in more than we are participating in today. Um, Our our measure for what and when really comes down to whether we think we can make a substantive change uh, relative to what's out there. There are some fantastic companies out there making great products and making great progress, um, we, we don't have an interest in, in being a me too with them. We, we'd much rather uh, look where we can make something really uh, substantive and then pursue that. I think speaking for the industry as a whole rather than for intuitive, I think a lot of interesting and exciting uh, advances are, are poised to happen uh, across the, the field and
0: orthopedics being one of them. So turning to, uh, real quickly to a financial topic your share price is up more than 33 percent when i checked it this morning just year to date Uh, was there a price point you had in mind as a company that that triggered the stock split and can you tell us when that is expected to take effect uh
1: there there was not a hard point at which we thought uh we ought to uh, split the stock now it's it's something we talk about from time to time The, the stock split split itself in my opinion, is not a value-creating event. It it doesn't uh, change the total value of the company. Uh, I think of it as good housekeeping, and and so it's a housekeeping uh, function that allows us to uh, manage the equity pool uh, a little more uh, granularly for our for our team, and it allows uh, uh, shareholders to to manage their holdings a little bit more granularly, and and that's about it. So. With regard to uh, price itself, as you know, it's volatile, uh, intuitive, has been a volatile stock. Um, And I I think that sometimes we feel like uh, uh, folks out there are underestimating what what the value of the company is. Other times they they, uh, move together and it moves quickly. And um, I, I don't think I'm particularly insightful about predicting where
0: those moves are. You've partnered with some interesting collaborators, including Just Right Surgical and Fosun Pharma. And you've also got some skin in the game with InTouch Health. What are you looking for when you consider potential partnerships or even in considering making a strategic investment? Yeah, that's a great question.
1: I, I am a believer that uh, there are a lot of smart people out there and and the problems we work on in healthcare are really hard. And uh, that's both a great challenge and a, and a source of a lot of excitement. So our, 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 our eyes are always open for... Uh, folks who can engage with us uh, to to create a better input or outcome, and um, different things. Uh, Just right, I think a small company that's uh, innovative in the space of tissue effect. Um, we think that that uh, technologies that are going to appear in the operating room need to work really well together, have to be highly integrated, and sometimes you'll you'll see out in the world really the lazy analogies uh, about open systems and talking about things like uh, um, computer operating systems. Uh, as you think about those ideas as applied to an operating room when a patient's on the table and there are four or five people interacting with those systems, the interfaces have to be seamless. They have to be beautifully done. And, uh, and so we work on that and look for partners who can help us do that. Uh, InTouch is one such partner. Uh, InTouch has, uh, a, has a fantastic high speed, High reliability network uh, that goes into operating rooms, and uh, rather than reinvent the wheel, we we chose to partner with them, and, and I've been really pleased. Um, with regard to Fosun, uh, Fosun is the uh, corporate owner of our distribution partner in China, and has been for uh, that partner has been with us for the last decade. We know them very well, and uh, I, China is a marketplace that's going to matter for robotic-assisted surgery. Of the top ten highest utilization DaVinci systems in the world, most are in China. And uh, they, they run those lights out uh, and and get great results with them and high, see, it, see them as high value. So being uh, close to that market and close with the people who understand uh, the market well uh, just made all sorts of sense for us. And, and so that's been a, a long relationship and it's uh, building, it's becoming deeper as we go. There are, uh, pro- you've mentioned three, there are probably 50 or 60 different companies that we partner with uh, thoughtfully, and and we are either making investments or uh, creating co-development agreements uh, routinely on a quarterly basis because we we think the opportunity is big, we think the challenges are great, and we think there are smart people out there.
0: So I wanted to ask about a little little price bump that you guys had earlier this year when there were some rumors swirling around about a, a possible takeover. Are you committed to remaining as a standalone venture, or would you entertain any potential suitors? How do you sort of approach that when it does come up?
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, first on on any rumors, we don't comment on them uh, specifically. With regard to uh, uh, being an independent company, of course, that is the function of the board, of which I am but one member. Uh, Speaking personally, I, I think the real question is, is, can Intuitive uh, create the most value for the world as an independent company, or is it better as a value creator uh, to be associated in, a, in an ownership position or with another company? And, and so far, uh, I think we've created a lot of value for the world as an independent company. And, and as I look forward, that seems to be true. If that ever changes, then it's the role of the board to think about it otherwise. Um, but I think we're doing very well as a standalone company.
0: You've mentioned how um, you've sort of been part of the Internet of Things for about a decade now. When you think about cybersecurity and sort of the threat of of malign hacking, or or even just ransomware, or the theft of medical records, how do you sort of approach that security question?
1: Yeah, so it's an important one. And we think about it deeply and, and invest in it uh, carefully. Uh, First of all, we are um, not not an electronic health record company, EHR, so we don't have patient records the way you would think a a company that's focused on um, electronic health records would. Uh, But we do have interconnected devices that are interconnected while they're in surgery. Um, We we have experts in the field. We bring in experts from the outside to challenge and audit us, uh, challenge us physically and audit us, and we participate in regulatory committees. And standards committees on uh, how to how to engage cybersecurity. Uh, we do a lot of writing of our own core, you know, machine level software, and and that gives us a lot of uh, capability in terms of understanding at a very granular level what's going on. And when we need expertise, we partner it at that at that level. It's uh,
0: that's a job that's never done.
1: So I don't think you're done and you call it finished and move on. I think you you take it seriously, and we do.
0: Is there anything that you'd like to add that we haven't covered today?
1: I, I guess I'd, I'd speak to uh, perhaps automation a little bit. I, I think in the air a lot is uh, automation, self-driving cars and drones and other things. And and uh, it's perhaps something you're interested in. Well, I'll turn it back to you. Is that something you'd like to talk about? If so, we can talk a little
0: further. Yeah, that sounds interesting to me.
1: You know, I my, my sense here is that um, the, the history of technological innovation has been that most folks will overestimate, most pundits will overestimate the speed with which these innovations uh, make a difference in the near term. And as a whole, the industry will underestimate how deeply they penetrate in the long term. And I think automation and AI is, is right in that uh, paradigm right now. So there's a lot of uh, buzzword excitement uh, around AI. Uh, In my my personal background is computational fluid mechanics, um, something that I care about. And and so I think there are some impressive advances in machine learning. Uh, certainly the use of big data has been impressive. Uh, fully flexible artificial intelligence is, I think, early. And so I, I think the idea of self-driving surgical robots uh, in the near term uh, will, will take longer and be more challenging than, than folks think, a, a little bit like uh, the move from self-driving car demonstrations. The full deployment of self-driving cars is probably a little longer and a little harder than people think. I think surgery is likewise. A lot of surgery is, is more like driving in a snowstorm in the mountains than it is driving on a well-lit, well-marked freeway. Uh, I do think that we can predict the path through which uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence will take through surgery. And, and so the timeline is probably very hard to predict. The stages it goes through are probably easier to predict. And and so we, we have invested in those steps we think really matter. And, and it really has been surgical augmentation as the next uh, engagement uh, rather than, than trying to leap to a full automation in
0: one shot. Do you share Elon Musk's concerns about where AI is taking us and that we're, we're sort of not considering its implications long term uh, deeply enough in the present day? Uh,
1: well, I guess what I'd say there is he has uh, thought
0: about it more deeply than I. Um,
1: I do think that we, t- the technological change over the last hundred years has been an extremely powerful force for good in changing the quality of lives of uh, uh, millions and millions of people in the world. Uh, I think it has the potential to continue to be that. However, uh, I do think that the pace of change Uh, as it has accelerated, requires uh, a tighter partnership between uh, the communities in which uh, technologies are being developed and deployed, the governments that are working with companies that are doing it, and the innovators. And without that kind of coordination and deep thought, uh, I do think that you can have uh, some outcomes that are not something that people want. In that regard, I I share his concerns. I think that a better conversation and better uh, framing and forums in which uh, we look at these things together that technologists are sitting with community leaders or sitting with governments, thinking through deeply how to deploy these things. Uh, that That's an important step and one that I support.
0: Well, Gary, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us today. I really appreciate it and it's been a pleasure.
1: Congratulations on the growth and the success of Mass Device. I am an avid reader, oh. and uh, I uh, look forward to talking to you again. Love to hear that. Thank you very much.